So do I like being treated as a lead? No. But do I like being treated as a person? Absolutely. And if someone's talking to me as a person, then they've got my attention. But if they're talking to me as a lead, then they do not have my attention. And I think that's the difference that, that people need to get back to is we're treating people as people. We're not treating people as numbers or leads. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde. And in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. I am joined today by the amazing Adam Boot. Adam, thanks for joining me, mate. How are you? Excellent, Tim. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. No, it's uh, an absolute pleasure to have you here, mate. You, of course, uh, run the Authentic Sales Training Academy. Tell me more about that. Well, it's exactly uh, exactly that, authentic selling. Unfortunately, in the world of business, Tim, and, and the world of sales, we do not see a lot of authenticity. <laughs> so I felt like it was about time we brought some of that back into the world and started to educate people on how they can do things naturally. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think yeah, authenticity has been a bit of a buzzword over the last couple of years. Many people have managed to get it right, and not necessarily in a sales context at all. And it is actually about being really, ultimately about really, being really genuine and true to who you are. And if a client's not a good fit, you just say, thanks very much, guys. This is not going to work for us and we can't really serve you. Rather than just chasing the dollars, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas business is all about just chasing the dollars, isn't it? <laughs> so we have this juxtaposition. Let's put that aside, mate. I want to go back to how you got started in business and how and, and just explore some of the journey that you've taken to get to this point. Yeah, okay, cool. So my background's um commission sales. So started about back in two thousand. So a good twenty years of commission only selling. In that there's also been ten years of business ownership as well. But my sales experience has all been direct sales okay it's been face to face it's been over the phone it's been on stage as you can see behind me and then it's been online multiple industries and sectors selling from tier one corporates down to mum and dad consumers business to business business to consumer at the end of the day it's all the same stuff and and we sort of touched on it briefly by uh, at the beginning where you know it's all been about getting the sale and it wasn't until I had my first six-figure commission month where I had 140 grand lob in my bank account that I finally realized that everything I was doing was wrong. And when I mean wrong, I've always been, well, I got into commission sales, Tim, because of the opportunity to earn more money than what you could possibly earn in a job where there's no ceilings. But the goal has always been about closing sales, making money, closing sales, making money. And... The first business I had being in that personal development space, the the lure of big ticket sales was there. And 
having that money land in my account, I felt unsatisfied and unfulfilled. And that was the goal was to hit that level of income. I wanted to be a seven figure income earner. But what I realized again, really was that I was selling products and services to people that don't need them, can't use them and won't use them. And that was all for my own financial gain. And that was five years ago. So the values were completely challenged to get. And from that moment on, it was no longer about me just selling to make money. It's now about selling as being of service. Yeah, there's this real, I guess, nice idea of selling to serve other people, isn't it? And it's not just, and I think that's where that authenticity comes from. It's it's not just about you. It's about what can I give you as my client that I'm selling? How can I serve you better? And I've certainly noticed because I think a lot of people have a fear around sales and I've seen it throughout my career as well. You know, one of the biggest barriers to sort of being able to grow your business is this fear that if I put a price in someone in front of somebody that I'm kind of ripping them off and there's a whole bunch of, I guess, psychological things that that go along with that, right? You know, do you believe in the value? Do you believe you're actually serving people? But when we do change that dynamic that change that sort of positioning and thinking about what it is we're doing and come from a position of service it completely changes the sales relationship the relationship that you have as a salesperson with the sales process but also with your prospective customer doesn't it well it does so yeah what i teach people and i did a um, another presentation yesterday and, and what we need to do is we need to peel it right back to firstly what is money and money is actually an exchange of service. That's what it is. You get paid for the service that you provide, right? Now, what's happened is, and this is what I call the industrial age of business, that where they've moved away from service and they've moved into transaction. And everybody is just treated as a number. They're no longer treated as a person. So you're treating someone as a lead as opposed to a person. So do I like being treated as a lead? No. But do I like being treated as a person? Absolutely. And if someone's talking to me as a person, then they've got my attention. But if they're talking to me as a lead, then they do not have my attention. And I think that's the difference that that people need to get back to is we're treating people as people. We're not treating people as numbers or leads. Yeah, it's really about creating that intimacy with that prospect. It is. Really understand that. Yeah, they're coming from. When did you realize that this transactional thing about just numbers and, and stuff wasn't the way of the future and, and you decided to pivot to the way you're doing things now? So I had that moment when I had that big commission month that everything was wrong. And that was that was the moment where I realized that we need to change the way business is done. But it wasn't ironically until I was part of a B&I group that I saw right in front of me, it was just transaction to transaction. And it was, that's all it was. They talk about relationship building, but it's not about relationships. It's about the transaction. And if I can do this for you, then you will do that for me expectation. That to me is not about a win-win scenario. That to me is about, I'm only going to do this with a condition if you give it back. Yeah, it becomes that very like that very mercenary, what am I doing for you if you're not doing it for me as well? I, I must admit my own B&I experience was this, was very similar from a marketing standpoint. And I'd walk up and down the sort of the opposing tables as everyone was sitting in this horseshoe sort of shape and I'd say things and I was really looking at the, the, the measure of comprehension in people's eyes 
and whether they glaze over and go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Tim, or, oh, that's really interesting. And I must admit, late 90s, probably late, sorry, late noughties, I had this epiphany when, you know, in that BNI group, when I was, and coming back to that authenticity mantra, I guess, is that when I was genuinely generous with my time and referrals, I would get much more back without having to ask for it. Yes, that's right. So if you're asking for it specifically, that's very different to the universe rewarding you generically. Yeah. What's the biggest problem, I guess, in the traditional approach when we talk about, you know, people leaving money on the table and stuff like that? But what do you see as the biggest issue with approaching sales from a transactional standpoint? The biggest issue is in the direct sales world, you have a 3% conversion rate, 100 leads, three sales. Okay. You come from that marketing space. So you understand the touch points that are involved these days in order to get a consumer to want to buy. So if we're talking 21 touch points out of a hundred leads that we're generating far out, man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. And more importantly, that's a lot of spamming. That's a lot of convincing people to do something that they probably don't want to do. Right? So what happens in that transactional world, if we're operating in that model, the likelihood of long-term client retention is not there. And the average client retention is three years. So if we don't have clients that are with us for a three-year period on average, then, and this is what I saw firsthand when I was working as a business broker, is that most businesses are unsaleable. In fact, 90% of small businesses are unsaleable, right? And we know that 95% of small businesses fail in their first five years. So if we know those two statistics end to end, and we know how they're operating in the middle, well, it's not rocket science to figure out that what we're doing isn't working. <clears throat> We've got to change the, change the dynamic. I think it's really interesting you say that, you know, that what I've seen and, and one of the messages that we put out to our clients is as you scale the amount of communication, we actually want to put in systems that increase the intimacy, not decrease. And when you go, I'm, I'm going to talk to 100 people to make those three sales, which is clearly not very many. Again, most people are not ready to buy from you today, the thing that you're selling, unless you're a plumber, which case you've got it made, it's all good. But most people are not ready to do the thing that you want them to do. And we do need to increase the numbers. And as a result of just increasing numbers, we've had to go well, how do I make this easy for myself? So let's just treat everybody the same, which is the exact opposite of what we want to try and do to, you know, create that intimacy that delivers a prospect yeah. who actually likes you and has a problem that they know that you can fix. Yeah. And and you, you hit you hit the nail on the head. So business owners are coming from a place of selling to their clients. They're selling their services and they're selling their products. But what they are not doing is understanding the buyer's journey. And with what you do with that whole nurturing system, adding more touch points through that system, we're helping the buyers move through their, their journey until they are ready to make that decision. But that's not from a spamming point of view. That's from an educational point of view. Tell me this. Why don't, why don't businesses look at it? What holds them back from either focusing on their sales training or really looking at their marketing process to bring the right prospect in front of them at the right time. Why don't people do that? Because they don't think they need to. <laughs> and, 
I love this. This is my favorite question, Tim. So I'll go into a room, like if I'm if I'm doing a networking event, right, which I do a lot of networking events, that's where we met at one. I'll say to people, how much money do you invest in your marketing? What's your marketing budget? Five grand a month, 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, zero. Well, what, what is it? And they'll always give me a figure, right? And then my next question is, what's your sales budget? And the answer to that is this, every single time. And then the last question is, where do you make your money? From your marketing or from converting sales into profit? Yes, yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting question to ask, isn't it? What's your sales budget? I remember several years ago doing a, uh, doing a, a survey that I just threw out to my list and said, "What do you spend on? What do you spend on your marketing, uh, and where do you spend it?" Right, and I do, and we segmented it to basically sort of businesses under five hundred thousand, businesses from five hundred to one point five million, one point five to ten, and and ten plus. And it was interesting to look at what people spend as as a, as a sales and marketing budget in its entirety. And for a lot of businesses under that 500K mark, and certainly under 100K just starting out, people said, as you said, you know, I'm not going to spend anything on sales and I'm not going to spend anything on marketing. And even as people sort of moved into that sort of 1.5, kind of, you know, 500, 1.5, the answer was often I don't spend any anything on marketing and sales, which I find a really interesting position to approach things because that's the oxygen that drives you to ten and a hundred million. Yes, hundred percent. And you see, you see businesses that you know certainly in the ten million plus range, they'll spend ten percent on the sales and marketing budget. Right? They'll hire professionally trained salespeople. They'll have an advertising budget, and it's not just the case of. I can now afford it. It's the thing that actually drives their ten million dollar business, or their twenty million dollar business, or their thirty million dollar business. Yeah, uh, and consistently drives that that sort of business. And yet, when we look at probably the biggest thing from a, a sales and marketing effort, I'm the guy doing the sales. I'm the guy doing the marketing work at a BNI group or, or whatever else I might be doing. But that comes at an expense as well. When I do that activity, I can't be doing other things. And so, yes, there is a budget attached to it. It's just a resource budget, not necessarily a dollar budget in order to do that. And you would think that as one of the two multipliers of profitability, which is what we're in business for in the first place, if I don't have leads and I can't convert sales because I haven't got the skills or training, well, I'm going to start running out of levers to pull. That's right. So what, what business owners need to understand, and this is it doesn't matter what you do for your profession. Your profession could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be a mechanic, you could be a website developer, that's your profession. But your actual job is sales and marketing because if you can't get that sales and marketing component right, your profession's not going to go anywhere. And the sales and marketing are not the same. They cannot be put in the same basket because they're two completely different beasts that serve the same purpose. We need the leads in. Marketing is get the leads in. Sales is to convert the leads into profit. A marketer is not a salesperson. So people that have marketing degrees that have never sold anything in their life have no idea what sales is really about. And a salesperson is not a marketer. Their skills are all about the sales side of things, the relationship building, the, the human connection, that that whatever. 
which is very different to understanding all the algorithms and all the bits and pieces and and whatever the, the buyer's psychology in attraction marketing. So they're two completely different beasts. They run unison to each other, but the disconnect is that, again, even in the sales and marketing world, business owners have got it the wrong way. They're marketing first and selling later. What they need to do is they need to encompass, and I say we're all in sales, but sales is not what we do, but sales is an extension of who we are. So when we get that who we are out to the world in our marketing, that's what people are resonating with first, who you are, because I don't care what you do. Yeah. Do you think that's the thing about how we authentically connect with the right target by putting that out, more storytelling, more this is who I am, and if you don't like me, that's okay? That's okay, 100%. That's where the authenticity comes in connection. I think one of the things I've seen, and I'd love to get your perspective on this, Adam, is that you know, as we enter the business, you know, we, we come from this position of we want to help. Right? I think you'd be hard hard pressed to find a business owner at some point who isn't interested in genuinely helping their clients. But we find it very difficult to say no to everybody. How do you help your clients overcome that kind of fear of saying, you know what, it's okay that you don't like me, and it's okay for me to say no that I can't help you. There might be someone else out there that's better suited. It all comes down to your intention. So if you're there to genuinely serve someone, the greatest service you could give someone is if you can't help them, to tell them you can't help them, and then to provide them with the solution with who can. Because then you're not doing something that's out of alignment for both parties. Yeah. I think there's a there's a certain amount of confidence in that and being really clear about the thing that you're very, very good at and can help people with, not just, oh, I might be able to, maybe I'll give it a go for the dollars. Well, that's it. So that's that's where the intention comes into play. So if you're doing it for the dollars, like me, when I've got that 100 grand month, all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But if you're doing it for service, for the greater good, and, and I'll, I'll when I do a webinar or, or I did a workshop yesterday, I asked the group three questions. Think about the last sale you got, Tim, and it can be a big one, can be a small one, it doesn't really matter. And how did you feel when you got that sale? Yeah, I felt pretty good. I always feel like it's my sales. All right. So here's the next question, and this will this will show you where you operate from, right? Were you celebrating that win for you, or were you celebrating that win for your client? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I like that one. I like to think I was celebrating it for the client. Certainly there was, uh, you know, I'm not entirely altruistic. I would have absolutely said that we were celebrating the win for the team as well and the work that we put into sort of bringing that client aboard. But I'm really excited to see what it is we can help that client achieve and the lives we can impact through that. Okay. So I've got two, there we go, two, two ticks. Second one's a little bit fainter than the first one. What's the third question? That was a third question. Who, who are you celebrating? So first question is think about oh, there we go. three points yet. Yeah. There we go. So a good question. I think good questions to ask. Let's pivot these things up. And I can see that on your screen right now, you've got a QR code you know, on your virtual background for people to opt in. And clearly, you know, that's one of the systems that you use. And, you know, we can see you standing on stage in front of pretty substantial size audience there, Adam. What's a system that you use in your business to 
create more leverage, create more authenticity, create more connection with your clients at scale? I think the biggest thing is that QR code actually takes people straight to my diary and, and it gives them an opportunity to book some time with me so we can actually have a conversation. So, you know, I've tried webinars. I've done plenty of webinars before. In fact, I think one of your team members was on one of my webinars at one stage. I've done eBooks. I've got lead capture forms. I've got all this sort of stuff, but all that stuff was really about getting people into the funnel and people know that when they opt into that stuff, that they're going to get spammed. <laughs> so that's the traditional way of doing things. And that's why more and more people tend not to. So instead, if someone's resonating with the messages, like from whatever we're sharing with today, there might be something in today's conversation where someone just out of money to talk to you. There it is. I am available for you. Let's have a conversation and let's see what's going on. Yeah, I love that. And just actually just counting through the crap. To be yeah. And there's a lot of kind of smoke and mirrors that goes on in, in a marketing process. And sometimes it's quite refreshing to say, well, if you want to have a chat with me, <laughs> this is how you do it. Yep. Yep. Let's get rid of those 21 touch points. Let's have a conversation because that's how, that's how it used to be. So why can't we get back to how things used to be? Yeah. I do like, I think in, in terms of just positioning from that marketing position, as I said, you do a, a lot of networking, both in person and online. And obviously online, if you're in a room, in a virtual room full of a bunch of people, which you do a lot of, having that little tool on your virtual background and you can create one of those in Canva or a bunch of other tools and just stick it up there and choose virtual background in Zoom or Google Meets or whatever it happens to be. You can kind of do those things. Reach out if you need help on that and that sort of stuff. But it just allows people to go, you know what? I like your messaging, Adam. I like who you seem to be. And and you do genuinely seem authentic and you do genuinely seem to want to care and help people. And yeah, sure, let's have a chat. And away we go. And it just makes it really easy for people to connect, connect with you. Makes it easy, but it also pulls the barriers down too, Tim, because when someone's prepared to go straight into your diary, they're not hiding behind an email address. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And not hiding behind a sort of a fake email address. And I can see, you know, in your bio, we talk about, you know, how we change the way business and, and sales are done to this, this relationship selling kind of model. It is about actually creating a relationship, being with people, getting to know someone, and you and I have been doing that the last few weeks since we first connected as well, just to go, we have conversations about all sorts of things. It's not necessarily just about business, isn't it? I think that's really important. To wrap up today, we're going to pivot a little bit. We're going to ask a whole bunch of random questions as we do in our little quick fire round to finish things up and get to know a little bit more about you in more detail. This is the authenticity bit we've just been talking about. So let's kick this one off, mate. Let's go with what is your favorite holiday movie and what does that say about you? <laughs> well, I'm a bit of a sucker for the Star Wars series and the Avengers series. So you chuck one of those things on and I'm in. <laughs> mate, that's a holiday movie. Love it. We can, we can probably put Christmas there. The big one, of course, is, is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> some people say yes, some people say no. Up to you. What's one thing about your business that you didn't expect? That's a very interesting question. One of the things that I did not expect was how many business owners actually can't sell. And how many business owners have no sales systems, 
no sales procedures, no sales processes in place and how much money they leave on the table end to end. Like, yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. And then, of course, going, oh, my God, business is hard. Well, that's because you're leaving all the money on the table. That's right. What's a common myth about sales that you think, you know, isn't true? That's another good question. A common myth about sales that is not true. It's that sleazy salesperson that we have all experienced somewhere along the way that has deterred many people from wanting to sell. And I'll see a lot of business owners that don't want to be the salesperson in their business and would rather get someone else to do that because they don't want to be seen as that type of person. So you don't need to be that type of person in order to make a lot of sales if you genuinely care about the people that you're serving. Yeah, I really like that one. All right, let's finish up with two last questions. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, if I was back on meat, I haven't had meat for a long time, it'd be ribs. But if I asked my wife, it'd be tofu. Oh, is that tacos for me? I do love myself a taco. All right, finally, mate, we can, uh, if we want to connect with you, what's the best place to connect? I do have your calendar, direct calendar here. We'll throw that into the show notes if you want to connect with Adam. What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, just scan that QR code, jump into my diary. You can follow me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Facebook as well. You can go to my website if you want to, which is the Authentic Sales Training Academy.com. It's a bit of a long one. I'm going to have to fix that up a little bit because I didn't think that through when I created it. Yeah, so we're in the middle of rebranding to Authentic Sales. So QR code is the best way. Fantastic, mate. Appreciate that. It's that address again, the Authentic Sales Training Academy.com, or connect with Adam Bood on all the good social media channels. We'll put all the links in the show notes as well, and you can connect with Adam there. Um, mate, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it, Tim. That was good fun. Guys, and appreciate you joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Of course, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share, subscribe, like, hit the three dots on the top of your phone, hit subscribe. You'll catch another episode real soon. We'll catch you next time. See you guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.